Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Hey, what's going on? Dodgers Nation, D-Mag here, and today I've got a special guest. I'm joined by two-time All-Star, World Series champion, Max Muncy joins the show. Thanks for rocking with us today, Max. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. And now, Max, before we get into all the nitty-gritty baseball talk, I've got to ask you, how's the offseason going? How you living, my man? You know, it's been great. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to be healthy going into offseason again. I've uh, been able to actually work out really hard, which has been nice. Uh now, last year with the elbow injury, I wasn't able to do anything at all. And, you know, uh, obviously I feel like that, that hurt me a lot. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm a guy that likes to get after it in the offseason. So it's nice to be able to, to, to get back into that. Yeah, Max, and you mentioned that torn UCL that you suffered during the Dodgers' final game of the 2021 season. You were forced to miss the entire postseason run. You were sorely missed. Now, fast forward to this offseason, and you're fully healthy once again. How important is it for you to get back to your normal offseason routine? And are you doing anything differently this offseason to get prepared for the season ahead? Um, You know, I really feel like one of the most important parts of uh, of, of, you know, being a player is the off season. You know, I feel like that's where you make your, your most gains and you're able to get the most endurance for the season. And, um, you know, it, it, it it's the, the two worst years I've had, um, you know, last year, obviously coming off the injury, but I wasn't able to work out at all in the off season. And then in 20, I had a really good off season. And then we had, you know, the, the COVID thing. And so then it was like, well, here's three months where you're doing, you know, a workout in the backyard, which didn't really amount to anything. And so my two worst years have come off years where I haven't really been able to get my off season workouts in. So I feel like, you know, that's the most, one of the most integral parts of, uh, of, um, you know, being a player is getting after it in the off season. Yeah. That's great to hear because I know you're a guy that loves the process that loves to put in the work, the day-to-day grind of being a big leaguer. You're a baseball junkie, a cage rat. So it must've been extremely frustrating to not have your normal off season routine, but it's good to hear that you're back in fully healthy. But I want to ask you a little more about your 2022 season. You came into the year coming off an all-star season in 2021 where you led the team with 36 home runs and finished in the top 10 in MVP voting. But you got off to a slow start by your standards in 2022. But then by August, you were back to being one of the most dangerous hitters in all of Major League Baseball. Talk about how you were able to turn your season around last year and grind your way back to being one of the best hitters in the game. You know, I I, uh, uh, I thank my teammates and coaches a lot. Um you know, obviously it was a really tough start for me, but uh, the whole season, uh, you know, all those guys were just picking me up. They, you know, they they kept staying in my ear about, hey, we know what kind of player we, you are. We know you're going to help us in the long run. We know you're going to help us in October. And, you know, when you just have a whole collective group of guys, whether it's the front office, coaching staff or your teammates, and they're all in your ear about that, um, you know, it, it gets pretty hard to not believe in yourself. And, uh, you know, it, to me, that was one of the biggest things is, um you know, when, when, when you're showing up to the park and those guys are always checking on you and making sure you're doing okay, uh, you, you know, 
one that makes you feel better but two it makes you want to get that much better because you don't want to let those guys down um you know it's turned it, it turns into a family is what it is and so when you when you're playing bad you feel like you're letting down your family and uh you know that's something that no one really wants to do and so when those guys are in your ear the whole time man it's a uh, uh <laughs> it, it really helps you to kind of turn it around a little bit yeah absolutely and you can just tell the organization your teammates the coaches everyone had your back and it was only a matter of time before you were going to turn around but i was just going to ask you about that adjustment that you just mentioned where as the pitch would arrive you would take a half step back with your left leg as you were getting into your swing and max i wanted to ask you one whose idea was it to make that adjustment and two how did it help you have more success at the plate and get you back on track that was a that was almost like a last ditch effort man it was, uh, uh, you know, we, we knew what the problem was. And the, the, the problem was I was working too uphill. I couldn't get my swing to go downhill, whether it was with my shoulders or my, my hips. Uh, I just couldn't work downhill. And that all stemmed from my elbow. Um, you know, when I was coming back from the elbow, when I started getting healthy, I was doing a move that felt comfortable to me. And in the end, even though it was comfortable, it was the wrong move. It was causing me to work uphill, which was causing me to lose bat speed. I was underneath balls. I was fouling them off. When I was making contact, it wasn't good contact. Um, and so we had to get my swing to work downhill and for a month or two months, really, we were doing drills in the cage to just try and get my swing to work downhill. And, uh, you know, when it was in the cage, when it was in BP, everything was working great. And as soon as we got in the game, my body worked, started working uphill again. And we, that was a problem for several months and we knew it and we were trying to fix it and we just couldn't get it to fix. And so, you know, it, it got to a point where I'll start, you know, I was starting to throw my hands up and just be like, I don't know what's going on right now. Cause there'd be certain days where it would work. And, um, but you know, the majority of the days it wasn't. And, you know, it got to a point where we were in, uh, our, our, I believe it was our last trip to Colorado, which was, uh, like, you know, July 20th or something around that date. I don't know what it was, uh, where I was doing an early grinder session in, uh, uh in the cage with, 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 with Robin Brandt. And, um, you know, we, <laughs> We literally were just doing different things. I was I was happy Gilmore in my swing. I was uh, I was hitting right handed. I was um, you know I was just doing all sorts of stuff. And I got to a point where it was like, okay, uh, what what else can we try at this point? And uh, you know we were in Colorado and we started talking about Nolan and uh, uh, you know Nolan's one of the most fidgety guys in the in the batter's box and he does a you know he does the step back and it's it's very integral to what he does and. You know, uh, I don't know if it was Rob or Brand. One of them was like, "Hey, just just try it. You know, why not? What what else do you have to lose at this point?" And I was like, "I got nothing to lose." So, uh, you know, we're sitting there, do a couple front toss swings. They're filming it, and you know, I hit a couple balls, and I look over at them, and uh, uh, they're kind of just smiling at me. And I was like, "Is that bad? Is that good? You know, what's going on with that?" And they kind of showed me the slow mo, and they go, "Your body is in perfect position for how you need to swing." I said, "Well, let's try a couple more." You know, took a couple more swings, went out to the field, took BP. I tried it. It felt really, really, really awkward. Um, but I was hitting low line drives, something that I hadn't really been doing all year. We said, hey, let's take it into the game. What do we have to lose at this point? Um, I go, you know, I think at that point I was hitting like 140 or 150. I was, it was, you know, atrocious. And so I was, you know, it's like, how, how much worse could it really possibly get? Uh, I go out there and, uh, you know, my, the first three balls I hit, I think I was one for three, but all three balls that I hit were just low line drives kind of in the center of the field, something that I hadn't done all year. And from that point forward, we just went, we just went with it. It, it. it kept putting my body in a position to work downhill, something that I couldn't get my elbow to do. 
And so, it, you know, it just kind of made it easier. Yeah, Max. And what I find so interesting is the fact that not only do you make that adjustment, but you actually implement it in a game. I mean, how many big leaguers, especially ones that are at your level, would try that in a game? I'm guessing not very many. But I heard you mention Bram Brown just now. I want to talk about him for just a second. How much is this club going to miss Bram Brown this season? Oh, I think it'll be a big loss, but, um, you know, we're, we're Aaron Bates is stepping in and I, I, I love Batesy and, uh, you know, I think he's got a lot of good ideas. Uh, you know, for me personally, it, it hurts a lot. I worked very closely with, with Brant for the last, you know, four or five years. And, uh, you know, going back to when we, when we uh, cut Turner loose, um, you know, when we cut Turner Ward loose or he, he, he took the job with the Reds, uh, uh, you know, I worked very closely with Brant for all those years. And so for him being, being gone, that one's going to be a tough one for me, but I also love Batesy and I know, you know, I, and of course I love Rob, Rob's great. So we got two guys that are going to, you know, work well together, I think. Yeah, exactly. Brant Brown is going to be missed, but there is no shortage of elite hitting coaching in this Dodgers organization. But Max, I want to circle back to that adjustment that we were just talking about. Is that going to be a part of your swing moving forward, even into this season? Um, I'm trying to phase it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, now that I've had a full off season, um, you know, get, getting stronger and getting healthy. Uh, uh, you know, the, the past couple of weeks that I've been starting my swing, I'm, I'm doing no step back. I'm trying to make sure that I, um, I'm very cognizant of what my body is doing. I, you know, I'm checking the film on it and I'm trying to make sure I'm working downhill. Um, and if it's, it's something that I don't like the extra uh, movement in the, in the, in the timing aspect aspect of it. So um, I would like to not have to do it, but I, I know it's there if I need it. Yeah, it's good to know you got that club in your bag if you need to use it. Sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step forward, and you absolutely did that last season. Now, Max, I want to ask you about your future with the club because back in August, you signed that one-year extension with the club option for 2024, and I know you're focused solely on the upcoming season, but what would it mean to you to be with the Dodgers beyond next year and possibly finish out your career in L.A.? Well, obviously, I'm hoping the option is uh, uh, turned into something a little more longer term. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I think I, you know, I think my relationship with the Dodgers, uh, I, I think I control my own destiny with that. If I go out there and I play well, I think we can make it happen. But if I go out there and I don't play well, then, uh, you know, they're not going to just, you know, sit around and hand things out. Um, so I think I, I think I control my own destiny with that. And, uh, you know, like I said, if I go out there and I play well, we can make something happen. Yeah, and look, Max, it's crazy to think that you're one of the few remaining members of that core team that had so much success, multiple pennants, a World Series title. Well, next year is going to be a new-look Dodgers team. Belly's in Chicago, Trey's in Philly. But I want to ask you specifically about Justin Turner. He signs with the Red Sox. What was your reaction to JT signing with Boston, and what's it going to be like in that Dodgers clubhouse without JT there? Yeah, you know, that, that one hurt. That was, uh, you know, all of those guys leave have hurt, obviously. Um, you know, it's just, it, it, you spend every day with these guys and you develop such relationships with them. And, um, you know, even Trey only having been with us for you know, the the year and a half that he was, it's, uh, you know, those guys leaving, it really hurts. But with JT, man, that's a, you know, that's a really tough one. That guy, you know, he's, that, that, that's his clubhouse. You know, that was his clubhouse. He controlled everything. It's, uh, um, you know, there's so many, there's so many little things that JT brought to the team that no one even knows about. Um, you know, just just little things as simple as uh, you know, every year we have a we have a group chat with all the players. JT's the guy that sets all that up. 
Um, you know, he's the one that's, you know, figuring out who's getting called up, who's getting sent down. He's changing out the numbers. And, you know, that's not to say that not anybody could do that. But, you know, he took it upon himself to do that because, you know, that's the kind of the leader he was. You know, every t- every time we flew into a city, JT is setting up a team dinner at a restaurant for everybody. Hey, guys, we're we're going to go out. We're going to go to the steakhouse. We're going to have a good time. Um, and you know, and I, I know JT always focused on that because if, if the whole team is going out and doing that, we're creating such a brotherhood that it's easier to play for each other when you just have those kind of relationships. And that was something that JT brought to the team that, you know, and there's there's countless other things that he would do that that, you know, people don't know about. And so not having him, that one's really going to hurt. Yeah, absolutely. He did so much for this team, for this organization. Just hearing some of those thoughts of him setting up all the meetings in the group chat. We know about that legendary group chat, of course, back in the 2020 postseason. So we'll see who steps up, who's going to be that leader. Is it something that collectively you guys do almost leader by committee? Is there a certain player that you kind of point to as the the guy that kind of fills those shoes for JT? I don't know. You know, I, I think someone's going to have to step up. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. But uh, you know, like I was saying, just in the past, that was something that no one really had to worry about because JT just took it upon himself to do it. He was the guy. And, um, you know, when you have someone like that, uh, you know, I think everyone always talks about our clubhouse chemistry. You know, a lot of that was because of JT. JT always made sure that we had things going smooth in there. And, uh, uh, you know, we're going to have to have someone take over that role. And, you know, I don't know who it's going to be, but uh, someone's got to step up for it. Yeah, and like I told Chris last week, after you guys win five, six World Series with Doc, he'll be the manager one day. You can be the hitting coach. CT can be like the Bob Guerin. You guys will be the leaders of the Dodgers of the next generation. But I want to ask you about some of the new additions to this year's team because a lot of people out there saying, oh, the Dodgers were quiet this offseason. They didn't go out there and make any big splash signings, but they did sign J.D. Martinez, who last time I checked has been one of the best hitters in all of Major League Baseball for the last eight seasons. And now, Max, I want to ask you, you. How excited are you to have a hitter of J.D. Martinez's caliber in this lineup? And what kind of impact do you think he could have on this year's team? Man, I'm very excited to, to you know, to get to start working with him. I've heard so many good things about him. I've heard, you know, just uh, uh, how much he can help other players. You know, he he loves to talk hitting. Um, you know, I know he's close with Rob and Rob always talks about him. And, um, you know, it just when you get a guy that you've heard nothing but great things about you just get really excited and on top of that he's a really good hitter um you know you did his numbers speak for them for themselves and uh you know i, I just can't wait to see how he goes about it how to how he goes about his routine you know what he does on a daily basis what he does in the cage what's what he's doing in bp i can't wait to watch that um you know when you have guys that are great hitters like that there's just so much you can pick up just by watching them i just i can't wait to watch and on top of that just talk to him you know learn about his approach how he how he approaches certain pitchers uh, whether it's a guy he feels comfortable with or a guy he doesn't feel comfortable with. And, um, you know, it, it, I can't wait to get that in there. Yeah, it's going to be awesome for the hitting junkies. This going to be a fly on the wall. Hear all you guys talking shop, make it probably help me. My beer league softball league get a single or something. I mean, with all that baseball knowledge in there. But another one of the notable changes comes at the shortstop position. You guys are going to have to replace Trey Turner. And right now it's looking like Gavin Lux is going to be the guy that's going to fill that role. What are your thoughts on Gavin Lux stepping into a bigger role for you guys this season and his ability to take over the shortstop position full time? Yeah, Lux has got the talent, man. He's uh, uh, the talent's there. He's got some of the quickest hands I've ever seen with a bat. Uh, you know, they're just so fast. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the defensive hands are there for sure, too. Um, you know, I think he'll be fine moving into that role. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I did just get notifications on my social media that we traded for Miguel Rojas. I don't know if that's true or not. Someone can fact check me on that one. 
Um, that, I don't know if you've heard anything. Who, about who needs Jeff Passan when you have Max Muncy? Okay, you broke the no, but yeah, that is is the news that the Dodgers have swung a trade for for Miguel Rojas for Jacob Amaya. So that's a great move. You provide some depth at that position, a veteran, a leader. Any thoughts on the Dodgers training for Miguel Rojas? Uh, I mean, like I said, I, if, that, if that's true, that's exciting news, man. I've, I've, you know, I heard a lot of good things about Miguel and, uh, uh, you know, playing against him. I've always loved his game. He's a good competitor. Uh, it seems like he's always held a lot of respect from, uh, you know, those guys over there in Miami. And, um, you know, I think that's someone that could fit in well with our clubhouse for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, make sure you uh, remind Kershaw he owes him another steak dinner for saving that no-hitter back in 2014. So yeah, it's definitely going to be a great addition having Miggy on that Dodgers team. But uh, yeah, Max, and I also want to get your thoughts on another up-and-coming Dodger that you'll be presumably sharing the infield with in Miguel Vargas. Miggy was able to come up last season, get some valuable experience with you guys. What have you seen from Miggy and how big of an impact do you think he could have for this team? Man, a guy can hit. He's uh. Uh, you know, when I when I did my rehab assignment, uh, you know, early on in the year and I got, went down to OKC, I, I saw firsthand what he was doing down there. And, uh, uh, and then he came up and, you know, I know his numbers weren't necessarily the best, but, um, you know, I'm very impressed with Miguel Vargas. Uh, I think one of the things I'm most impressed with is there's so much hype and, um, you know, just kind of hoopla surrounding to go Vargas and he hasn't let any of that get to him. He was there early every day. He was there wanting to work every single day. He wanted, you know, he would be in the cage and he just wanted to watch people hit. And, you know, I was so impressed with that for a guy that is, is going to be as good as he is. I, you know, he's going to be a star in this game for sure. Um, you know, I think he can really, really hit, um, you know, he's got the genes for hitting, obviously. Um, what is it? His dad's the all time hit leader in Cuba, I think is what it is. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, he's obviously got some some hit genes in there, and uh, I, you know, I just think that the more experience he gets, the the greater it's going to be. I think he's going to, you know, he, he's probably going to struggle a little bit, but that happens with everybody. Um, you know, he, he's he's going to be a star for sure. I love it. I love it. I'm hoping that he becomes the 19th rookie of the year in Dodgers history. But yeah, getting fans excited about Mickey. Now, Max, I want to touch on how last season ended because in the regular season, you guys were great. You set a new franchise record with 111 wins, but ultimately you fell short of the team's goal to win the World Series. Now, we know the standard of the Dodgers is always going to be the World Series. And to get to the level that you're at, you guys don't lack any motivation. But considering the way the year ended, is there a little more motivation? motivation a little more fuel on the fire a little chip on your shoulder heading into this year always um you know it's that was a tough exit last year um you know we we played poorly they played great they outplayed us um we just i, I don't know it was uh, uh i still think about it every single day about what happened in that series and um you know i did we got to make sure that doesn't happen again and uh, uh you know when when that happens, you just, like I said, I've just been sitting here thinking about it every single day, you know, uh, you know, why, why did that happen? Um, you know, what, what did we do wrong? And, uh, I know there's a lot of guys that are probably thinking the same thing. I was a lot of staff that are thinking the same thing, you know, front office thinking the same thing. And, um, you know, I know everyone's been working hard and, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be hungry to show up for spring and, and make sure that doesn't happen. And, um, you know, I think we have all the right tools and, uh, we just got to go out there and, and, and do it. 
I love that mindset, Max. Uh, I'm going to be right back. I'm about to run through a brick wall based on that response. So you got me. I want the season to start already. I love that motivation. But yeah, Max, I want to talk a little more about the team for this upcoming season. Because like we mentioned earlier, you guys didn't go out there and make these big splash signings. But there's still so many stars on this team. So much depth. Do you feel like this roster as currently constructed has as good of a chance as any to go out there and win the World Series this year? Absolutely. There's no there's no question about it. Um, you know, we're, we're still the Dodgers. I know that we haven't been making the $300 million moves this offseason, but, um, you know, you guys, you guys got to trust Andrew. He's, he's the best in the business at this. And, uh, you know, those guys are putting together what they think is going to be a special team. And I know it's going to be a special team. We have all the pieces that we need. Um, you know, anyone that gets added from, from this point on is just going to be icing on the cake for us. You know, we have all the, we have all the big pieces. We have all the little pieces. You know, we have guys in the minors that are going to come up and help us just like every single year. Um, you know, it, it, I don't think people talk about that enough. You know, we always have injuries every year and we always have people step in and fill the roles. And, um, you know, some of those roles are going to be a little bit bigger this year because it's not necessarily injuries, just departures from the team. And, uh, you know, I have no doubt that the guys we have are going to be able to perform and help us out to win, you know, win games every single night. And if you look at this division, the Padres, of course, they've been very aggressive last season. They traded for Juan Soto this offseason. They added Xander Bogarts. There's a lot of talk. Oh, are the Dodgers the favorites in the NL West? What are your thoughts on that? Do you still think the Dodgers are the team to beat in the NL West? I mean, we're always going to think we're the team to beat. Um, you know, we have to have that mindset. Uh, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, we're still the ones, uh, you know, we're still the ones on, on top. We've won the division, you know, what is it, eight out of the last nine years or nine out of the last 10 years. I don't, I don't know what it is at this point. Um, you know, we, we are still the Dodgers. And as far as I'm concerned, we're we're still an extremely good team. Yeah, the Padres made a lot of good moves. They were already an extremely good team. Um you know, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. There's no doubt about that, but uh, you know, that's what makes baseball fun. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a battle out there every single night for us. And um, you know, that's just, uh, it's something that a lot of this, a lot of the guys on this team are used to, we're used to, you know, everyone coming after us and um, you know, it's not going to be any different. Nothing's going to get handed to us and uh, it's never been that way. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in the course of a 162-game season, having some real competition in the NOS, that budding rivalry, the Padres and the Dodgers, is going to be good for you guys. And at the end of the day, you have to beat the champs to be the champs, and you guys are still the reigning champs of the NOS. But Max, I want to switch gears a little bit here and do some rapid-fire questions in a little segment I'm calling Show Me the Muncie. Do some rapid-fire questions, get to know the real you. What do you think, Max? Sure. Why not, man? Why not? All right, let's do it. All right. Okay. First question. Who was your favorite player growing up? Jim Tomey. All right. Jim Tomey, Dodgers legend, Hall of Famer. Next question. Which is your favorite ballpark to play at that is in Dodger Stadium? Oh, man. I like Texas. Obviously, it's my home. Um, I do like Seattle. Seattle has always been very nice. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a really cool ballpark. I like Seattle a lot. 
Nice. Yeah, I thought as the proud owner of the San Francisco Giants, you would say Oracle McMunsey Cove out there. But uh, no, I love hey, it. Man, I'm not. I am not gonna lie. I hate. I hate Oracle Park. I don't get the the buzz behind it, man. I I don't like it. It's cold. It's windy. The ball sounds terrible when you hit it. I know I've hit well there, but I just never feel like I'm seeing it good, man. It's 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 just. I, I don't like playing there. Well, the numbers say otherwise, that's for sure. So, but okay, next question. Who is your favorite player to watch around the league that isn't a former Dodger? <sighs> Julio Rodriguez last year. That was that's pretty fun to watch, man. He's uh he he's got he's got some electric stuff. Um I'll probably go with Julio Rodriguez right now. Yeah, J-Rod, what a pick. I remember watching him hitting dingers at Dodger Stadium for the Home Run Derby. But next question, what is your favorite sport other than baseball? Probably football. Football, who's your team? Cowboys. Cowboys. Unfortunately, unfortunately you know, it's, it's 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 the same thing every year, but, you know, we, we got to hold out hope, right? Favorite pregame meal? Um, hmm. Favorite pregame meal? Uh... Tyrone, our chef, makes a um, a sweet chili chicken. I really, I really like that. That's a pretty good one. Okay, now sticking on the topic of food, and yes, Max, you're from Texas, where this place is from, and this could get a little controversial. You might take some heat for this one, but I have to ask you, In-N-Out or Whataburger? <laughs> you already know the answer to that. It's Whataburger, man. Going with Whataburger. Okay, come on now, Max. They've got In-N-Outs in Texas. It's time for you to convert already. But next one, who is your funniest Dodgers teammate of all time? Who, like ever or now? Ever of all time. I saw I saw CT's thing. Rich Hill is a pretty good one. Um, I don't. I, I might have to go with Belly though. Belly was always nonstop laughs, whether he was trying to or not. It's just I, I, I loved Belly. He, he might be the funniest guy. Uh, Belly will be missed. Okay, I know you're a big gamer. PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. Okay, next one. Toughest pitcher you've ever faced? <laughs> That's an easy one. Luis Castillo. Oof, my guy Luis Castillo. Okay, what was yeah, the last? What are my number? What are my numbers off him? Like 0 for 13 with 12 Ks, something like that. I don't want to bring him up, but uh, <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's, it's, some, some it's no, it's no secret at this point. Okay, Max, and we'll get you out of here on this one. I want to know what was the more satisfying home run: the get out of the ocean home run off of Bumgarner, or this past season against the White Sox when Tony Larusa he elected to intentionally walk Trey Turner with two strikes to get to you, and you of course hit a three run bomb as you're rounding the bases you had some things to say towards that white Sox dugout towards tony larusa which of those bombs felt the best max uh the the larusa one was pretty good because it was set up beforehand you know the the bone ground one was just a heat of the moment thing um uh the larusa one though i was uh uh it, it was i mean i completely understood why it happened but it also just felt so disrespectful so uh, that one was pretty satisfying. Yeah, Max, I'm pretty sure you ended what was left of LaRusse's managerial career with that one. No one's better at hitting a revenge bomb like Muncie, the bat drop king. But Max, we thank you so much for the time today. Joining us here on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Thanks so much for rocking with us. We hope you have a great season. We look forward to talking to you at spring training and hope you have a great rest of your week. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. 
But that was Max Muncy, and I appreciate him as always. Great dude. Love talking baseball with the funky Muncy. I think he's going to have a big bounce back here. And I want to know from you guys down below in the comment section, what are your thoughts on Max Muncy saying this team has even more motivation heading into this year? Also, that this team as currently constructed can go out there and win the World Series. Do you think this team needs to make any big moves, any big acquisitions, or do you think this team as constructed can go out there and win it all? Let me know down below. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. For all latest Dodgers news and rumors all season long, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and if you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home in a roaring stadium their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.